Christmas is many things to many people, but for comedian Tim Babb, it comes down to one thing, fun. He loves Christmas cheer so much, he spreads it year-round in a podcast that's been going since 2015. It's called Can't Wait for Christmas. And the show incorporates all the important topics, holiday traditions from around the world, where all those decorations in the shops and around our homes come from, and who sang White Christmas the best, the king or the bing. Join me now is the man who proudly calls himself an elf who doesn't make toys. It's Tim Babb. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, great career tra- trajectory, Tim, from radio host in Silicon Valley to stand-up comic with appearances on US TV shows. But then with this Christmas elf part, where does that fit in? Uh, well, there was. it happened one – it was the first year my son was born, and I was working three jobs plus stand-up comedy, and that Christmas I just missed it. Like I think I put the lights up the day before Christmas. And like had to rip them down because we were flying across the country the next day, <laughs> and I just I just felt like I missed it. And like ever since then, I have never felt like I've always been like I need more Christmas. And so I've always been like I'm always in the mood for Christmas. And I was like, a podcast is like the easiest way for people who have weird niche things to get it off their chest where it doesn't bother anybody. Like you just go <laughs> over there in a podcast. And people can ignore it like they ignore most podcasts. And I figured I might as well just do that. And it turns out some people also like Christmas. So that's great. Yeah, because, okay, so that explains you, the host. But what about the listener? What sort of person listens to Can't Wait for Christmas in July? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I, I'm not really sure what brings them there. Uh, I mean, it's certainly not the quality of the host. So it must just be <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> It's like, at least somebody's talking about it in July. I'll listen to this guy. <laughs> okay, so let's get into the substance of it. Um, so many of us have our own holiday traditions. Um, you know, Some families center around Hanukkah, uh, or it's Santa, or it's the birth of Christ. And, and, of course, there's some traditions we don't even know where they come from, like putting up stockings or a Christmas tree. What is one of the most surprising stories you have heard about the origins of a holiday tradition in your time as a podcast host on this topic? I mean, I might have, you know, recency bias, but a couple months ago, I did a one on Secret Santa. And what yes. <laughs> one of them was that in uh, it, it, they would go, I think it was Sweden. They would just flip open the door, huck in a present, slam the door and run away. <laughs> and that was how Secret Santa worked out. Like you just got a gift hucked in your front door by a mysterious stranger. It's like part Christmas, part <laughs> smash and grab. Yeah, but like the opposite of a smash and grab. Smash and leave. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like a hostile act of kindness almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of these um, stories from other countries we're less familiar with are, are super. Italy has its very own Christmas witch, apparently. Yes, which uh, I did an episode. That's one of my son's favorite episodes of the show. When he'll ever ask to play one over again, it will be that one. And it's uh, her name is... Bafana or old Bafana or La Bafana, depending on who you're talking to, but Bafana is definitely in the mix. And she was uh, an old lady who, depending on the story, either just missed the three wise men or blew off the three bl- wise men <laughs> as they were on the way to see Jesus uh, being born. And then, and as the, like she was too busy cleaning her house, and then she realized, oh wait, I should probably go with them because or follow them to to meet this Jesus kid because clearly he's important so then she packed up everything and tried to find him and now she can't find him so she just leaves treats for all the little kids hoping at least one of them will be jesus oh that's sweet yeah it is one of the things 
that that shows is you should always put off cleaning because something more important is happening. So just leave it dirty. <laughs> that is the best moral of a fable I've ever come across. <laughs> well, American late night TV show host Seth Myers has an interesting take on office secret Santas while we're on the topic. He says nothing fills a person with Christmas spirit like asking the person in the cubicle next to you, who's Gary? <laughs> he has a point, and right? The person's like, I'm Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, I've always had pretty good luck with uh, Office Secret Santas, but I do find like it's sometimes you don't know the person you're getting the present for, and it's super awkward. You mentioned the Swedish Secret Santa, but the um, there's the first one in America's traced back to Houston, Mississippi. Do you remember that story? Yes, is that uh, Larry Stewart? Yeah, yeah. So there's this there was this guy who. He was like down on his luck. He didn't have any money and he had a big plan to like um, basically pretend he forgot his wallet because he just hadn't eaten in so many days. So he went to the restaurant. He was going to pretend he lost his wallet and hope to get away with getting a free meal. And then the owner of the store figured out what he was doing and just said, hey, you dropped a 20 and gave the kid kid $20. And that was enough to pay for his breakfast. And And Larry never forgot that. And when he grew up and like he became... Super rich, I believe, a, at least a millionaire, if not a billionaire. And so he would just go around randomly at Christmas time, anonymously giving a hundred dollars out to people he saw on the street. And that's how it's, I think that's one of the first times the term "secret Santa" was used to uh, in that way. In that yeah. way, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. like, and it inspired other people to do it. And now like, there's two separate secret Santas. There's like the office thing, but then there's also the act of just doing something charitable. Uh, semi-anonymously, but just like, you know, let's help some people, Secret Santa type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's probably the more appealing one, the one done for the good of it, not because of some dreary office obligation. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right. Let's go to Iceland, which has one of the smallest populations in the world, and yet they have 13 Father Christmases, the Yule Lads, they're called. Yes. uh, This was something I saw on the uh, UK chat show, uh, QI, and they mentioned it briefly, but I was like, "I what?" Because <laughs> they have some weird names like spoon liquor and bowl liquor <laughs> and door slammer and sausage swiper. Window peeper sounds super creepy. Uh, meat hook, candle stealer, like they. So basically, they're they're they one comes every night in the the run up to Christmas, and they all do whatever their unique thing is. And again, if you've been good, you get something. If you've been bad, they take something. Yeah, I think I'll stay away from the door sniffer, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he seems the most harmless. (laughs) And they live with a cat. Oh, you're right, the Yule cat, because, like, their mother had this Yule cat that, like, it would leave you a present, or it could eat your shoes. Yeah, it would leave you a present in your shoes, or would eat your shoes, or eat you, depending on which version of the legend you read. Like, either way, you don't want to be on the bad side of the Yule cat. Uh, on the podcast, you've actually looked at the location of where our majority of our Christmas decorations come from. And as people look around their homes, I mean, a lot of the stuff is second nature, right? The red and silver bows and the Christmas lights and the red stockings. Where is the center of the Christmas decoration universe? Uh, well, like 60% of all Christmas decorations are made in one city in China called Yiwu. It's wow. about um, 190 miles southwest of Shanghai in China. And yeah, they, they like it's just a manufacturing city, and like the 
there was there's like a like whole section dedicated to Christmas and like they made I think something like 280 million dollars just off of Christmas uh because like most of the stuff that is made uh, like that's over half 60% like most of it is made in Yiwu and I mean, it's grueling conditions and uh yeah I was going to say if anyone's yeah, if anyone's picturing a kind of fantastical place where it's always Christmas um, well we should tell you about one of the workers who gets through 10 face masks each day trying not to breathe in the cloud of red dust it's actually a bit grim yeah yeah because all that glittery stuff that's on a lot of the Christmas stuff like that glitter gets airborne and like you don't want to breathe it in so like they they had to go yeah like you said 10 face masks a day just to make sure they're not getting that in them yeah I'm talking to comedian Tim Babb his podcast is called Can't Wait for Christmas, and it's a year-round podcast, and Tim is an expert on all the small stuff that makes Christmas what it is. Um, you're always asking the tough questions, Tim. For example, does Mrs. Claus have a first name? And not officially. Like, she, like, uh, she, for the, like the first, I think, four or five times she even appeared, like, people were talking about Santa for a while, but before they, when they started talking about her, like she doesn't even appear in the stories where she's talked about. Like it's somebody else pretending to be her, or uh, I think it was, one of them's like a, a loony bin. And uh, I'm sorry, that's an insensitive way to phrase it. I apologize. Uh, a, a a mental health asylum. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's I believe it's what they called it at the time, which is why I use that. But yeah, you know, Just I, I right. live in the now. I can be more sensitive to people's feelings. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, so it was someone who thought they were Mrs. Claus. But in over the course of it, like I, I think Rankin Bass in one uh, year without a Santa Claus gave her a first name that was different than uh, the the Santa Claus uh, series on you know Disney Plus gave her a different first like nobody knows her actual first name. I don't know why she's keeping that such a guarded secret. Uh, she really doesn't want anybody to hack into her Amazon account, I guess. Because <laughs> so, if you don't have her first name, there's no way you can get her ID. Yeah, uh, Jessica, Gertrude, Anya—they've all been tried out, but nothing's really, really stuck. Is I mean, is Santa a first name? That's more of an honorific, isn't it? Well, that's the thing, because Santa is also Chris Kringle or you know Saint Nicholas. I think they all just have a. I think it's just a bunch of pseudonyms up at the North Pole. For all we know, it's it's Fred and Martha up there. <laughs> Well, one of the things you do on your podcast is play a game, Who Sang It Better? You've got a whole spreadsheet with brackets. actually puts our Rugby World Cup sweepstake to shame. Um, how yes. Does, how does oh, it well, work? I don't know about putting that anything to shame, but yes, <laughs> yet, right now we're in the middle of Merry Music Madness where yeah, we're tell me about deciding that. the ultimate. <laughs> so we I, – I, I can't – oh, a listener said, hey, we should pick – we should you know, have – the listeners try and decide which one is the ultimate Christmas singer. And I was like, well, we can't just pick from a couple. So I started with 64 and we have this thing here called March Madness uh, where like the basketball teams start with like 64 teams and they play until they get to the the final one who wins. And so I figured we'd do something like that where we had people vote. And uh, I was surprised at some uh, big names that got knocked out early. Like Mariah Carey didn't even make it to the semifinals. Michael Buble was out early. Uh, uh, Wham was out in the first round. Like well, the last Christmas has is one of the most played songs every year, and Wham didn't even make it out of the first round. So we're at the finals right now, where it's Bing Crosby versus Andy Williams to see who is the Merry Music Madness champion. Wow! When does that get announced? Uh, the twenty third will be. We'll, we're dropping a special episode. Of course, it's early because I can't wait for Christmas. Yeah, we did a Christmas music special yesterday and uh, Andy Williams didn't appear, but Bing Crosby appeared twice. So maybe maybe he's got it wrapped up. 
I, I mean, uh, spoiler alert, he's doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like the first, his first round, he got 100% of the votes. <laughs> I didn't see the Royal Guardsmen on the list. Have you come across them before they sang Snoopy's Christmas, which was a huge Kiwi favorite, but maybe less than nine in America? And yeah, I don't know that one, but I am going to listen to it now. Oh, yeah. Have you, you haven't come across that one? I'm so pleased to be able to introduce it to you. Oh yeah, I mean, I, clearly I'm not. I don't have enough Kiwi Christmas in my life, which is uh, a failing I need to correct. Yeah, they're a '60s novelty pop band, and they um and they wrote a song about Snoopy of Peanuts fame, which is quintessentially a, an American character. And uh, mm-hmm. oh, it's great! It got a great hook and a great story, and yeah, you can enjoy it straight after this interview. I I am writing it down right now to add to my list. We actually talked yesterday to the Christmas music performer who challenged Mariah Carey's attempt to trademark the title Queen of Christmas. Um, apparently Mariah's also facing another lawsuit for copyright infringement. Yeah, there was a band, oh, I forget their name at the moment, but they were suing for copyright infringement because they also had a song called All I Want for Christmas Is You. Uh, but you can't copyright the title of a song, so I don't feel like that's, that suit is going to go very well. Yeah. What happened was Mariah Carey trademarked All I Want for Christmas Is You, and I feel like they missed the opportunity to object to that uh-huh. trademark. And so I think they're trying this because they're like, well, I've got to get something because now I can't, I can't um, not license, but like uh, monetize this, yeah. this song anymore at Christmas time because she's got the trademark locked down. So I imagine there'll be some sort of, I, I, I think the first suit got thrown out and they came back with the second one. I imagine there'll be some sort of settlement just because, uh, like I don't think the case has enough merit to make it to trial, but uh, like I'm sure Mariah will just pay some money to make it go away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the band you're talking about is Vince Vance and the Valiants, and if you haven't heard yes. their Christmas song, well, um, maybe you'll understand why they're trying to make some money this way. Okay, let's do a uh, Who Sings It Best quiz with you, by the way. Um, All right. Who did White Christmas better, the King or the Bing? Oh, Bing Crosby. Santa Claus is Coming to Town, Jackson 5 or Bruce Springsteen? Uh, I gotta go Jackson 5. I'm a big Jackson 5 fan. Santa Baby, Eartha Kitt or Madonna? Eartha Kitt. Like, I, 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 a lot of people really dislike Madonna's version for some reason. I don't, but Eartha Kitt, classic. Last Christmas, Wham or Taylor Swift? <laughs> Wham. Yeah, Sorry, of Swifties. Course, of course. <laughs> Have a holly jolly Christmas, Michael Bublé or Burl Ives? Oh, Buble! I'm 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 gonna get I'm gonna get letters. Okay. Post them to. I'm sorry. <laughs> and have yourself a merry little Christmas, Judy Garland or Barbara Streisand. My mom used to play the Barbara Streisand record all the time when I was a kid. Long enough ago that it was called a record and was a record. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go Barbara Streisand. Very good, great. Well, people can object if they'd like to on two one o one. I know your personal favorite is Kelly Clarkson, right? She is one of my like. I just. I feel like it's so underrated. Like, I mean, I feel like it's getting more and more uh, into the public sphere. But like every Christmas we hear that Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You, which is a great song. But I, uh, underneath the tree, like I discovered it, I don't know, a couple years ago. And I was like, oh, this song slaps, as the kids say. Yeah. It's a banger. <laughs> a Christmas cracker. Um Yes! Nice. And I wanted to mention another reindeer game you've played with your audience, which is about recasting Christmas movie classics, which is a lovely idea. Um, did you work out if anyone could have been a better Grinch than Jim Carrey? Surely not. Uh, maybe Robin Williams? Oh, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah, he yeah, might yeah. have a similar energy, like especially like 
a young, hungry Popeye era Robin Williams. And a better elf than Will Ferrell. I mean, just to swap him, Jim Carrey. I think he might have been able to do it. Or or, or go the complete other direction and be like Sam Jackson. <laughs> I love that. It would be a totally different movie, but man, that would be interesting. <laughs> um, so what will Christmas Day look like in your house on December 25th? Uh, well, we... I mean, we open presents in the morning. We're going to have cinnamon rolls. I just saw a recipe on TikTok where you, 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 they're like the prefab uh, cinnamon rolls, but you like, when you bake them, you shape them in the shape of a Christmas tree. So they come out like Christmas tree looking cinnamon rolls. And I was like, oh, I'm all for that. Okay. Uh, then we're going to go to a friend's house for like Christmas brunch. And then uh, we'll probably end up watching a bunch of Christmas movies uh, like we did last year for, and then being too full to eat dinner. Beautiful. Uh, sounds perfect. And congratulations on the podcast, which has been a huge hit. Really great to spend some time talking about it with you, Tim. And uh, all the best for 2024 and enjoy the big day. Thank you so much. Do you, uh, you want to say how what your Christmas Day is going to look like? Uh, yeah, well, uh, we're Southern Hemisphere, so we'll be um, right. out in the sun, maybe with the barbecue going. We'll have a big lunch and then we'll head to the beach for a post-lunch swim. The beach. On Christmas sounds magnificent. Yeah. <laughs> and we actually have a New Zealand Christmas tree. It's called the, uh, you got Pūtiki Tiki beautifully. So um, uh, it's called the Pōhutukawa tree and um, it blossoms. It's a green tree that blossoms red right around Christmas. And uh, that's a coastal tree too. So you know it's Christmas in New Zealand when the uh, Pōhutukawa is in bloom. Oh, it sounds lovely. Great. Enjoy yourself. Good luck. and Thanks so much for Thank your time you. today. Again, thank you so much for having me and Merry Christmas.